Welcome to the eighth episode of our series, The Triumph of Christ's Mercy Over Judgment. This episode is titled, God's Mercy and Human Rebellion. The mercy of God is an open door to His grace. Those who rebel against God reject God's mercy and grace and so remain under curse. Because they make themselves enemies of God by rebelling against Him, they become the objects of His wrath. God unleashes His wrath upon them and condemns them. But those who turn to the Lord receive His mercy and grace. Their sins are forgiven and they are no more condemned. For God's mercy triumphs over judgment. Anyone who throws himself on the mercy of Christ escapes judgment. He is saved by God's grace through his faith in Christ. Rebellion against God is like a gangrene that spreads throughout the entire body and casts one's soul straight into hell. It enslaves one's conscience and brings the soul under God's curse. It shuts the door to God's mercy and grace and opens the door to hell. Rebellion against God brings about damnation. As 1 Samuel 15 verse 23 says, Rebellion against him is as bad as witchcraft, and arrogance is as sinful as idolatry. A rebellious heart only seeks evil, and the fate of anyone who rebels against God is damnation. Joshua 7 clearly shows us how dangerous rebellion against God is. It tells us of the sin of a man named Achan. First, we are told in Joshua 6 that when the people of Israel were preparing to attack the city of Jericho, the Lord commanded them in verse 18 to 19, You are not to take anything that is to be destroyed. If you do, you will bring trouble and destruction on the Israelite camp. Everything made of silver, gold, bronze, or iron is set apart for the Lord. It's to be put in the Lord's treasury. Achan disobeyed this command and thus stirred the Lord's fury against the people of Israel. And when the people of Israel attacked Ai, a city east of Bethel, about 36 men of Israel were killed by their enemy. The Israelites lost their courage and filled with fear, they retreated from their enemy. Joshua and the leaders were grieved. They mourned and threw themselves to the ground before the Lord's covenant box. 
and lay there until evening. Joshua didn't know the reason behind the defeat, and so he cried out, Sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan at all? To hang us over to the Amorites? To destroy us? Why didn't we just stay on the other side of the Jordan? What can I say, O Lord, now that Israel has retreated from his enemy? The Canaanites and everyone else in the country will hear about it. They will surround us and kill every one of us. And then, what will you do to protect your honor? Joshua 7, verse 7 to 9. Verse 10 to 12 reads, The Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why are you lying on the ground like this? Israel has sinned. They have broken the agreement with me that I ordered them to keep. They have taken some of the things condemned to destruction. They stole them, lied about it, and put them with their own things. This is why the Israelites cannot stand their enemies. They retreated from them because they themselves have now been condemned to destruction. I will not stay with you any longer unless you destroy the things you were ordered not to take. After ordering Joshua to purify the people and to get ready to come before the Lord the following day, the Lord commands Joshua in verse 14 to 15. Tell them that in the morning they will be brought forward tribe by tribe. The tribe that I pick out will then come forward clan by clan. The clan that I pick out will come forward family by family. The family that I pick out will come forward one by one. The one who is then picked out and found with the condemned goods will be burned along with his family and everything he owns for he has brought terrible shame on Israel and has broken my covenant. You may be asking yourself, why did the Lord decide to go through such a lengthy process to pick out the culprit? Was it because he didn't know who he was? Not at all. He knew everything about this man, as we are told in the beginning of Joshua 7. The Lord knew his tribe, his clan, and his family. For Joshua 7 verse 1 tells us, Achan was the son of Kami and grandson of Zabdi and belonged to the clan of Zerah, a part of the tribe of Judah. The Lord was just patient to unleash his wrath and he set up this lengthy process to give Achan the time to comfort and repent of his sin. But there is no doubt that when Joshua gathered the people of Israel together, 
and told them what the Lord intended to inflict as punishment upon the culprit, Achan did not repent of his sin. Instead, he tried the Lord's patience. His covetous heart led him to rebel against God, and he refused to repent. He showed no sign of contrition, but prayed until the moment he was picked out in the end. He had to be confronted by Joshua, who urged him not to hide his sin, but to tell the truth. Achan had no intention to confess his sin. Otherwise, he wouldn't have waited to be picked out. He knew he had broken the law's covenant. Nonetheless, he was not troubled when he heard Joshua talk about what the culprit will face. He was defiant and confident in his sin till the last minute. But the consequence of his rebellion against his sovereign Lord was devastating. When Achan was picked out, Joshua confronted him and asked him to tell him what he had done. Achan said in verse 20 to 21, It is true, I have sinned against the Lord, Israel's God. And this is what I did. Among the things we seized, I saw a beautiful Babylonian clock, about two kilograms of silver, and a bar of gold weighing about half a kilogram. I wanted them so much that I took them. You will find them buried inside my tent with the silver at the bottom. Joshua sent some men to Achan's tent, and they found the condemned things and brought them out to Joshua and all the Israelites. They laid them in the presence of the Lord. Verse 24 to 26 says, Joshua, along with all the people of Israel, seized Achan, the silver, the clock, and the bar of gold, together with Achan's sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, his tent, and everything else he owned, and they took them to Trouble Valley. And Joshua said, Why have you brought such a trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. All the people then stoned Achan to death. They also stoned and burned his family and possessions. They put a huge pile of stones over him, which is there to this day. That is why that place is still called Trouble Valley. Then the Lord was no longer furious. When reading verses 20 and 21 above, some people can be tempted to ask. Achan admitted that he has sinned against the Lord, 
how comes he still got punished? But it is worth mentioning that Aiken's confession was obtained falsely. Also, it happened too late. Too late to make the Lord change his mind. Aiken held on to his sin until God had to pick him out. In doing so, he tested the patience of the Lord. God does not tolerate a rebellious heart. Rebellion against God is deadly. It leads to destruction. Anyone who hardens his heart and refuses to turn away from his sins separates himself from God. The Lord God is holy. He does not tolerate the sight of evil. So when people rebel against him, he either strikes them suddenly or pulls himself away from them. And as judgment, he gives them over to the wicked minds and to false teachings. Ezekiel 20 gives us an account of Israel's defiance and rebellion against God. How the story ends should stir our minds and hearts and instill in us obedience and fear of the Sovereign Lord. In the beginning of this chapter, the Lord exposes the sins of Israel, the sins that committed against Him during the years He was delivering them from Egypt. This account takes place in the seventh year of Israel's exile in Babylonia, when some of the leaders of Israel went to consult Ezekiel. In verse 8, the Lord relates how Israel refused to throw away the disgusting idols and to give up the Egyptian gods they worshipped. Their disobedience angered the Lord, but for the sake of His name, He relented from making them feel the full force of His anger. For the Lord had announced in the presence of the people among whom the Israelites were living that He was going to lead them out of Egypt. In verse 10 to 16, the Lord says, and so I led them out of Egypt into the desert. I gave them my commands and taught them my laws, which bring life to anyone who obeys them. I made the keeping of the Sabbath a sign of the agreement between us to remind them that I, the Lord, make them holy. But even in the desert, they defied me. They broke my laws and rejected my commands, which brings life to anyone who obeys them. They completely profaned the Sabbath. I was ready to let them feel the force of my anger there in the desert and destroy them. But I did not, since that would have brought dishonor to my name among the nations which has seen me lead Israel out of Egypt. 
So I made a promise in the desert that I would not take them to the land I had given them, a rich and fertile land, the finest land of all. I made a promise because they had rejected my commands, broken my laws, and profaned the Sabbath. They preferred to worship the idols. Here again, the Lord shows mercy to the people of Israel. He decides not to kill them, but wants the young generation not to follow the customs of their ancestors and to avoid defiling themselves with the idols. He also urges them to keep his commands. Yet this generation will be as defiant and rebellious against God just like their ancestors. They will stir the Lord's anger by rebelling against Him. But for the sake of His name again, God would not kill them. Nevertheless, this led the Lord to make another promise and to pronounce judgment on Israel. And thus says the Lord in verse 23 to 26, So I made another promise in the desert. I vowed that I will scatter them all over the world. I did this because they had rejected my commands, broken my laws, profaned the Sabbath, and worshipped the same idols their ancestors had served. Then I gave them laws that are not good and commands that do not bring life. I let them defy themselves with their own offerings, and I let them sacrifice their firstborn sons. This was to punish them and to show them that I am the Lord. God had given the Israelites the light to illuminate their path, but they preferred the darkness. They chose pagan practices over God's message of life. As judgment, the Lord let them defy themselves with the false teachings and evil practices of the pagan world, which they had embraced. This is where rebellion against God leads to. These people were given over to their depraved minds. They followed false teachings and indulged in horrific sins. They sacrificed their own children to idols. The Lord has given these people laws and commands that bring life, but they rejected them. To punish them, the Lord gave them laws that are not good and commands that do not bring life. What does that mean? Because these people had refused to listen to God's prophets and to follow their teachings, the Lord gave them over to the reprobate minds and they followed what was false. They listened to false prophets and followed their teachings instead. They gave in to the insidious lies of the false prophets, and instead of worshiping the Lord their God, they worshiped false gods. 
They indulged in pagan practices and offered their own children as sacrifices to demons. Psalms 81 verse 6 to 12 is another account of God's judgment on the rebellious people of Israel. Here the Holy Lord says to Israel, I took the burdens off your backs. I let you put down your loads of bricks. When you were in trouble, you called to me and I saved you. From my hiding place in the storm, I answered you. I put you to the test at the springs of Meribah. Listen, my people, to my warning. Israel, how I wish you will listen to me. You must never worship another god. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Open your mouth and I will feed you. But my people will not listen to me. Israel will not obey me. So I let them go their stubborn ways and do whatever they wanted. The Lord is a merciful God, slow to anger and full of compassion. But we must always keep in mind that the Lord is also a holy and righteous God. He unleashes his anger against all those who rebel against him. The Lord is compassionate and merciful to those who honor him and obey his commands. His mercy extends to thousands of generations of those who love him, of those who have faith in Christ. But those who rebel against God are the objects of his wrath, and he does not fail to punish them. The Lord himself affirms this throughout the scripture. For instance, when Moses went up Mount Sinai to meet the Lord with the second set of stone tablets, Exodus 34 verse 6-7 says, the Lord came down in a cloud, stood with him there, and pronounced his holy name, the Lord. The Lord then passed in front of him and called out, I, the Lord, am a God who is full of compassion and pity, who is not easily angered, and who shows great love and faithfulness. I keep my promise for thousands of generations and forgive evil and sin. But I will not fail to punish children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation for the sins of their parents. The Lord is merciful and gracious to those who humble themselves before Him, those who obey His laws and commands. When the Lord, out of compassion, stretches out his hand of mercy to save you from the destructive lust of your flesh and you rebel against him, he gives you over to your lustfulness. Your rebellion binds you to your sins and what is left for you is eternity in hell. It is important, however, to know that 
when the Lord says that he will not fail to punish children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation for the sins of their parents, he is not saying that he will punish innocent people for the sins of their ancestors. For thus says the Lord Almighty in Deuteronomy 24, verse 16, Parents are not to be put to death for crimes committed by their children, and children are not to be put to death for crimes committed by their parents. People are to be put to death only for crimes they themselves have committed. So the message given to us in Exodus 34 verse 7 simply means that God punishes those who follow the evil ways of their ancestors. In the wilderness, when the men of Israel refused to invade the land that the Lord had promised their ancestors, complaining that they will be killed in battle and that their children and wives will be captured, they angered the Lord. And so the Lord said to them, I promise that as surely as I live and as surely as my presence fills the earth, none of these people will live to enter that land. Numbers 14 verse 21. He then made them wander in the desert for 40 years until those who were 20 years old and older when they rebelled against him all died. The Lord then took their descendants to the promised land. But they too would not obey the Lord. They indulged in pagan practices and idols worship. Instead of worshiping the Lord their God. As the psalmist says, He brought them to his holy land, to the mountains which he himself conquered. He drove out the inhabitants as his people advanced. He divided the land among the tribes of Israel and gave their homes to his people. But they rebelled against Almighty God and put him to the test. They did not obey his commandments, but were rebellious and disloyal like their ancestors, unreliable as a crooked arrow. They angered him with the heathen places of worship and with the idols they made him furious. God was angry when he saw it, so he rejected his people completely. He abandoned his tent in Shiloh, the home where he had lived among us. He allowed our enemies to capture the covenant box, the symbol of his power and glory. He was angry with his own people and let them be killed by their enemies. Young men were killed in war and young women had no one to marry. Priests died by violence and their widows were not allowed to mourn. Psalm 78, verse 54-64 There were many generations between the time the people refused to invade the promised land 
and the time the Lord's covenant box was captured in the Holy Land. As we read through the book of Judges, we are told how each generation was smitten. Yet none of them was punished for the sins of their ancestors. The Lord condemned each generation to destruction because of his own sins. Just like their ancestors would die in the wilderness and could not enter the promised land, these people died prematurely because they, they too did not keep the commandments of the Lord. Instead of worshiping the Lord their God, they followed the evil practices of their ancestors. In the desert, they saw their parents worship the golden bull calf. They witnessed all the sinful practices of their ancestors. They heard them complain against God and saw how they put him to the test. They were there when the Lord destroyed their ancestors with plagues to teach them a lesson. And when they entered the promised land, they did not depart from the evil ways of their ancestors. Before they were taken to the land of Canaan, the Lord had commanded them that after the invasion of that land, they were not to intermarry or enter into agreements with the Canaanites. They were to kill them all, destroy all their pagan places of worship, their altars, and their idols. But they disobeyed the Lord and did the complete opposite of what he had commanded them. All the generations that were infested with the gene of rebellion were in bondage to sin and under God's curse, and each one ripped just what he sold. Each one was punished for his own sins. So all those who do not honor the Lord, but rather follow the evil ways of their ancestors, are also punished, just like their ancestors before them. Still in the Old Testament, when Israel split into two kingdoms, the kings of the northern kingdom gave themselves one after another to depravity and idolatry. They indulged in all kinds of perversion. As a result of their disobedience and rebellion, these kings suffered the wrath of God one after another. God pours out his anger upon any rebellious person. But there is always hope for the humble, hope for anyone who cries out to the Lord for mercy, anyone who wants to be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You may come from a family who has nothing to do with God, a family who hates God. But Christ will not pull away from you his hand of mercy. If you run to him to seek refuge and to be cleansed by him, his hands are wide open to welcome anyone who turns to him for forgiveness. 
never turn down the mercy of God. For without it, you are doomed. Submit yourself to Christ, and he will pour out his mercy upon you. Those who rebel against the Lord cannot receive what he has promised. An example of this is given to us in Numbers 14. When the people of Israel refused to enter the land of Canaan by fear of their enemies. In verse 3 they said, Why is the Lord taking us into that land? We will be killed in battle, and our wives and children will be captured. Wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt? Verse 4 tells us, So they said to one another, Let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Moses, the Lord's servant, and Aaron pleaded with them, and two of the twelve spies, Caleb and Joshua, whose Moses had sent to explore the Canaanite land, tore their clothes in sorrow and said to the people, The land we explored is an excellent land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will take us there and give us that rich and fertile land. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people who live there. We will conquer them easily. The Lord is with us and has defeated the gods who protected them. So don't be afraid. The efforts of this man to bring people into obedience was fruitless. Verse 10 to 13 says, The whole community was threatening to stone them to death. But suddenly, the people saw the dazzling light of the Lord's presence appear over the tent. In verse 11, The Lord says to Moses, how much longer will these people reject me? How much longer will they refuse to trust in me, even though I have performed so many miracles among them? I will send an epidemic and destroy them, but I will make you the father of a nation that is larger and more powerful than they are. In response to what the Lord said, Moses prayed for the people that the Lord may forgive their sins once more, just as he had forgiven them since they left Egypt. Verse 20 to 23 reads, The Lord answered, I will forgive them as you asked. But I promise that as surely as I live and as surely as my presence fills the earth, none of these people will live to enter that land. They have seen the dazzling light of my presence and the miracles that I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness. But they have tried my patience over and over and have refused to obey me. They will never enter the land which I promised to their ancestors. None of those who have rejected me will ever enter it. The Lord thus punished them by making them wander in the wilderness 
for 40 years until the last one of them who were over 20 years of age when they rebelled against the Lord died. They all died except Caleb and Joshua, the only two who were loyal to the Lord. The Lord is merciful, but we must keep in mind that this does not give us the opportunity to test his patience over and over again by rebelling against him. We should never forget that the Lord is holy and righteous. He hates sins and sinners and therefore cannot fail to punish those who do evil. The story of the people of Israel who rebelled against the Lord in the wilderness is the story of anyone who rejects God's new covenant sealed by the blood of Christ. In the same way, the rebellious people of Israel couldn't enter the promised land, those who reject the Lamb of God cannot be partakers of God's redeeming grace. They cannot receive eternal life. They will die in their sins and go to hell. If you hear God speaking to you today through his word, do not harden your heart. Do not keep on trying his patience. For the day is coming when he will withdraw his hand of mercy and pour out his wrath upon anyone who rebels against him. The Lord has promised us eternal life and has sent his Son to be the means by which sins are forgiven. Only those who repent of their sins and believe and confess Christ as Lord and Savior receive this gift. For salvation is by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone.